Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. In this episode of the podcast, I want to discuss an issue which I've spoken about and written about many times in the past, but not in this particular medium and not in this particular way. It's a very important issue, an issue that affects all Americans and which I believe Jewish tradition and our experience as Jews can shed some light on. Let me begin with this statement. I accept the fact, sadly, that there is systemic racism in this country, in housing, in education, in finance, deep concerns regarding law enforcement and policing as it applies to people of color. Second statement that I want to make is that this reality has to be confronted with more than just words. Words do matter because words can inspire us to act. Words can help us to identify what is truly important, but the measure of how we approach and address the issue of racism in this nation has much more to do with action than it does with words. Having said that, I want to address a question which has been asked of me as a rabbi on several occasions and reflects an opinion, sometimes an unspoken opinion, that many well-meaning people have. And in fact, I myself have struggled with this question quite a bit and thought about it and eventually came to an approach that makes sense to me, especially regarding Jewish tradition. Here's the question. Given that Judaism recognizes the equality of every individual, the inherent and infinite worth of each human being, why do we need to say black lives matter when in fact all lives matter? It's a serious question. Many people have raised this issue. Again, many well-meaning people, perhaps some who are looking for a way to escape the question, but clearly It is an issue because saying that Judaism recognizes the equality of every individual and the inherent and infinite worth of each human being is absolutely true. So how do we understand this? How do we talk about the phrase Black Lives Matter when we know that Judaism says, in fact, that all lives matter? I have a way that I would like to present that. But before I do, I want to concentrate on the statement about Judaism recognizes the inherent and infinite worth of every human being and share with you the text that epitomizes this tradition. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard parts of this text, but perhaps you don't know the entire context. The text comes from the Mishnah in Sanhedrin, where judicial procedures are discussed. And in this particular section, the Mishnah is addressing the procedure of of handling, of addressing capital crimes. The Torah mandates capital punishment for certain crimes. The rabbis of the tradition were reluctant, were so reluctant to enforce capital punishment because they knew, of course, that there was always the possibility they would be taking an innocent life and there was no way to compensate for that the same reason that many people oppose capital punishment today. So what happened when people witnessed a capital crime and came to the court and wanted to testify 
to the fact that an individual had committed a crime for which the punishment was capital punishment. Well, according to the Mishnah, the rabbis challenged these potential witnesses. Some might even say the word means they intimidated the potential witnesses. First of all, by making sure that they understood that they could only talk about something they saw, that circumstantial evidence or secondhand information was not acceptable. Then, they reminded them of what we just said, that there was no compensation possible for a person who had been executed un inappropriately, incorrectly. And then the Mishnah goes into a sermon. And the sermon is based upon the following question. Why in the story of creation in the book of Genesis did God begin the creation of the human being with one human being? And the rabbis give several answers for that. To teach us that no one should say, Abba Gadol Me'avicha, simple words in Hebrew. Nobody should say, my ancestor was greater than your ancestor. They said it meant to teach the power of God, that God could stamp each individual with the same dye, with the same mold. Selim Elohim, the image of God, and you had to have each individual look different. The rabbis taught that each individual should therefore be able to say, the world was created for my sake, which I understand as meaning I am an irreplaceable part of the world. Each individual should say, no one can bring to the world what I can bring to it, and I am irreplaceable. And then finally, the statement that many people know, one person was created to teach that the person who saves a single life, the Torah likens that to saving an entire world. That each of us is a world into and unto ourselves. And when you consider descendants that could come from an individual, it's as if we have an entire world, not only ourselves, but all our descendants. It's a beautiful statement. It's a beautiful teaching. And it emphasizes the fact that we are all equal. And that's a reason, certainly, to reject any form of bigotry, any form of racism, any form of persecution of any group that's in the minority. So, now I return to the question. What about those who say that saying Black Lives Matter in some way challenges that assumption or in the least is not as complete a statement as saying all lives matter. And what about people who, when they're confronted with this, will you say black lives matter, say no, because all lives matter. How do we deal with that? Well, I struggled with that a bit until I remember the story that happened to me about 40 years ago, a little less than that, during my year, first years as a rabbi. One day in the early 1980s, a news story hit the papers around the country that a particular evangelical minister, evangelical Christian minister, had said the following words, God Almighty does not hear the prayers of a Jew. Well, you could imagine what that did to rabbis, to Jews throughout the country. What a horrendous thing to say. 
What, frankly, an ignorant thing to say. What a horribly divisive and insulting thing to say. It really bothered me, especially since I was very active in interfaith work at the time and involved in our ministerial council in this small town that I served as the rabbi. And so shortly thereafter, after that story hit the news, we had one of our monthly ministerium meetings, and I noticed that one of my colleagues in the clergy, an evangelical Christian minister, happened to be there, and I decided to walk up to him and ask him what he thought about it. So I said, tell me, what do you think about the statement? Do you agree that God does not hear the prayers of a Jew? And I can still remember it. He's quite a bit taller than I am. Not a surprise. Most people are quite a bit taller than I am. He placed his hand on my shoulder and he looked at me and he said, Rabbi, God hears all prayers. And he walked away. And I was satisfied for about three minutes. About three minutes later, it suddenly dawned on me that I didn't like his answer because it wasn't respectful, because he wasn't answering the question that I asked him. He was answering the question that he wanted me to ask. Does God hear all prayers? That question he answered. Now, it's probably true that he meant to imply that God does hear the prayers of Jews, but he didn't say it. And because he didn't say it, he left me feeling that my question had not been taken seriously, that my question had not been respected. And I learned from that, by the way, that story, that it's very important to answer the question people are asking, not the question you want them to ask. And I was unsatisfied. Now let's talk about Black Lives Matter. Standing from where I stand, which is obviously outside of the black community, what I hear is people in that community asking, challenging, legitimately so, given all of the history of racism, given all of the history of, of persecution, given the, all, of the, all of the challenges that people of color face in this country in the areas I spoke about before and just in daily life, I feel it's a challenge and a legitimate and appropriate challenge to all Americans to answer the questions, do black lives matter? And to therefore come and to say, well, all lives matter may be true. And we may mean, be completely, completely well-meaning in that and want to be inclusive. In fact, want to take it to even a further statement where we don't single people out because of their color, but we accept everyone as part of a group. And there may be the, the most legitimate and sincere reasons for saying that. But it is not answering the question. It is not responding to the challenge. And therefore, I think it is absolutely respectful in the, for us to answer this question with the words Black Lives Matter, even though we know that all lives matter. Because at this moment, at this time, in this place, given what people of color have gone through in the past and are going through now, 
there is a challenge, again an appropriate challenge, being placed upon all of us to respond and to respond not only with words, but with actions. So yes, I believe that all lives matter, that everyone, each and every person is inherently equal and should be given every bit of the same amount of respect because each life is of infinite value. But thinking back to that experience I had with my clergy colleague and how dissatisfied and disappointed I was with his response. I think if we want to take the issue of racism seriously, we need to be able to say those words clearly, Black Lives Matter, and then go and work towards a time in this nation where we can honestly say all lives matter and everyone will know that we mean every single life. Until next time, thank you.